This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. And it is the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am. Seated right now in Christ Jesus, in the heavenly realms, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine. And I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive as I am taught the Word of God. My life has changed for the better. And I will never be the same again. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. 2024, I believe, is a year of miracles at Faith Christian Center. We saw God move among us mightily in 2023, but I believe that if we'll take action on the Word of God and enter into worship with all of our might, with all of our strength, and believe God's Word and confess God's Word, we're going to see God move among us mightily in this new year. I said in December that 2024 would be a year of doubling. How many of you are believing and anticipating and expecting a year of doubling. Amen. Amen. With God, all things are possible. Not only are all things possible with God, Jesus said all things are possible for him who believes. However, that requires that we do our part. On Vision Sunday, January 7, I challenged all of us to do these four things in 2024, be in church every time the doors are open. That is when you're in town. We understand being out of town. Uh, be on time, be early, and the main thing is enter into worship with all of your strength, with all of your might. You know, I think that we're a little blasé about worshiping the Lord. There is great, great, great power released when we enter in and worship and praise His holy name. Uh, tell somebody about Jesus at least every 30 days, and then pray for someone who's sick in person at least once every 30 days. And I said, if you'll do these four things consistently throughout the year, you won't even believe how your life has changed a year from now. 2023 was a year of miracles, and we're believing God for more and even greater miracles in 2024. Now, somebody may be new to the church and say, what is this preoccupation with miracles? It tells us we're on the right road. Amen. When, when I see God answer prayer, that's a signpost on the road to success telling me I'm on the right road. When God heals my body, that is a signpost on the road to success telling me that I'm on the right road. When, when there's a miracle, that is a signpost on the road to success telling me that I'm on the right road. I don't know about you, but I've been on the wrong road. I don't want to spend another day of my life on the wrong road. Amen. So I want to get on and stay on <laughs> straight street. We're going to see that this morning. Hallelujah. So in 2023, in this first part of 2024, we're walking through the miracles of the New Testament. And we're looking for patterns and principles. And I learned this from one of my fathers in the faith, Fred Price. If we can identify patterns and principles in the Word of God, we can repeat those patterns and principles and we can receive answers that we need 
in our lives. The message today is Paul converted and his eyes healed. And this is, we're counting as miracle 47 by our reckoning. And once again, we're going to see a familiar pattern. And that is, say it, do it, receive it, and tell it. You can write your own ticket with God. You can reciprocate, you can precipitate the miracle you need from God if you'll just follow this one of several patterns we see in the Word of God, say it, do it, receive it, and then tell it. Now this is actually, this actually should have been counted as miracle number 42, but we chose to deal with some miracles by Peter ahead of the shift in the book of Acts to the Apostle Paul. So in a way, we're backtracking a little bit. Now, we mentioned on January 21 that the church enjoyed, the church in the book of Acts enjoyed a time of respite after the conversion of Paul. That's in Acts 9.31. Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace. It was strengthened and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It grew in numbers, living in the fear of the Lord. So what happened to give the church in the book of Acts this season of peace? Number one, if you're taking notes, number one, say it. Jesus said it. Acts chapter 9, verse 1. Isn't it amazing? I tell you what, I praise the living God that we can read in the book of Acts, Jesus talking. Hallelujah. He's not dead. He's not in the grave. Hallelujah. But he is alive. Hallelujah. <laughs> I mean, Rome put him on the cross. But here we are in the book of Acts, and he's still talking. Hallelujah. <laughs> Acts chapter 9, verse 1. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, that's modern-day Syria, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Now listen, I know that a lot of people are not expecting things like this from God. But the king of the universe has this very strange and odd idea that he's in charge and you're not. Amen. And so this is very typical. He said, go, and you will be told what you must do. So Jesus said it by telling Paul what to do. Verse 7, the men traveling <clears throat> with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. <clears throat> so they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days, he was blind 
and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and lay his hands on him to restore his sight. And so Jesus said it again by telling Ananias what to do. And I want you to see that, sure, the Lord's working in this, but two different people had to obey for this miracle to come to pass. And I'll tell you something else. Ananias had to get past his prejudices and maybe even past his fears because Saul was running around having people who believed in Jesus, they called it the way, the way. Now, that, that doesn't mean to get in the way. It means to follow in the way of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And so I'm sure this was not an easy thing for Ananias to do and to obey. But step number two, do it. Paul did it by going, and Ananias did it by laying hands on Paul. Verse 13, Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go. That's the way the Lord does. He'll tell you what to do. And if I've discovered anything in my pilgrimage, it is this. There is incredible power to hearing God and doing what God says to do. I thought I said, I have discovered this, that there is great power in hearing God and doing what God says to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Though this man is my chosen instrument. We'll deal with that a little bit later. This man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing or laying his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So Paul did it by going, and Ananias did it by laying hands on Paul. Number three, receive it. Paul received it. Verse 17, then Ananias went to the house and entered it, laying his hands on Saul. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit immediately. Shout immediately. 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 Something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. You know, we have a baptism coming up and I think we ought to do like Paul. If you have called on the name of the Lord Jesus, you ought not fool around and mess around. You ought to get baptized as soon as you can. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean, Saul, who became Paul, I mean, talk about a week. 
talk about a weak. He was, he was the chief murderer and persecutor of Christians. And inside of a week, he got arrested by the Lord Jesus Christ. He got struck blind by the Lord Jesus Christ. He got healed by the Lord Jesus Christ. He got baptized in the Holy Ghost by the Lord Jesus Christ. And he got baptized into the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> you might be sitting here and say, why did the Lord do it that way? Well, because he became an engine for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. So Paul received it. Now, there's not been enough emphasis on this phrase, and I want you to look at it. You might want to highlight it if you have a, a Bible or some way you can in your device. Brother Saul, receive your sight. Now, this is language having to do with a brother, a believer, because he was a brother, because he was a believer, Paul had a part to play. Ananias was exhorting him to take action on the words of Jesus, later dictated to Mark by Peter in Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore, Jesus said, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Do not miss the power lunch, guys because we're going to be talking about mind games on March 2 and how that we can not only be defeated by the devil in our mouth, but we can also be defeated by the devil in our mind. And it's not going to do us a lot of good to let Satan hold high carnival in our minds and then try and confess all this cool faith stuff. We must get a hold of what's going on in our thought life. And Jesus said, therefore I send you what things serve you desire. When ye pray, believe that ye what? What's that next word? Believe that ye what? Receive them and ye shall have them. So as believers, now I know, I know, most of you only know me as Pastor Gene hanging out here in Arlington, Texas. But in the early days, I traveled the earth. I preached in, I don't know, 30, 40 countries of the world. And Austin did too. And Sue did too. And we held crusades. And, uh, you know, we did healing meetings. We've done all of that. As, uh, as the time has grown short, the Lord has told me to stay here and prepare you good people for the end. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I do as I'm told. Amen. Hallelujah. I know that. I'm not in charge. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But I don't know how many times I have spoken to arthritics or cripples or the deaf and even the blind and instantly and immediately see miracles by the name of the holy child Jesus. But that is a, an evangelistic tool. God loves to put his kingdom on display. And you have to understand, and I'm talking to myself here too. I mean, you know, if you have a, a little toddler at home and 
they scream and yell because they have no vocabulary and they crawl around the floor. You just think it's all cute as all get out. But if they were 20 years old and they were screaming because they had no vocabulary and they were crawling around the living room, you would not think it was cute. So the Lord expects us to grow up. And part of growing up is to walk by what Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty four. See, we have a part to play. See, when, when the Lord Jesus Christ arrested him on the road to Damascus, <laughs> he had the good sense to become a believer. So he was a believer. So Ananias could not handle that situation like you would maybe in an evangelistic crusade with unbelievers. Because Paul now was a believer, he had a part to play. So Ananias said, brother, keyword, brother Saul, receive your sight. So Paul had a part to play. Jesus did his part. Paul didn't have any choice but to fall to the ground. But then later, he did his part. He went into Damascus. Then Ananias had a part to play because God told Ananias what to do, which might have been against his natural instincts, which might have been against his prejudices, which might have been against his fears, but Ananias did it. But then there was still another piece of the puzzle. Tell your neighbor, we're looking for patterns. Tell the neighbor on the other side, we're looking for principles. There was still another piece of the puzzle, and that is Paul had to receive it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lift both hands toward heaven and say, Father God, I receive. Father God, I receive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I receive. I receive. Amen. Amen. See, because we're not unbelievers. We're not pagans in some hut somewhere. We're believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. So we have to go by the word. We've got to believe. We've got to receive. Amen. Amen. So a pattern here this morning is, <laughs> and, and pardon me, you just have to forgive me. You know, I have more days behind me than I do ahead of me. I'm telling you, 50 years I have been watching God's people say, hell no, I'm not going to do that. Are you out of your mind? Tithe? Give above and beyond the tithe? Are you crazy? But I'm telling you, there is awesome, amazing, incredible power when we hear God and when we do what God says do. When we read in the Word of God what God says do, and then we do what God says do. But that's not the total game. Because as we are seeing in this miracle this morning, why? and don't miss the power lunch, and don't miss the Holy Week revival, March 24 to 29, we're going to be talking about how that we have got to get our mind right and we've got to deal with the flesh because Paul had to receive it. So we have got to have the right mindset. 
We have got to have the right posture of faith. We cannot pray our prayers or even tithe in unbelief. When we give, we must believe we receive. When we pray, we must believe we receive. Whatever we do as unto the Lord, let us do it in expectation. Whatever we do as unto the Lord, let us do it in anticipation. Let us be like the children of Israel marching around Jericho the first day, the second day, the third day, the fourth day, the fifth day, the sixth day, and then on the seventh day saying, this is it by God, hallelujah, the walls are coming down. Can you see it? Can you see it? I mean, Moses was in a pickle. Dear God, he's got Pharaoh and all the chariots coming in behind him, and he's got the Red Sea ahead of him, and he's got two or three million people. And he calls out to the Lord, and the Lord said, what are you doing standing there? Go forward. Hello. We got, we, got, we got Pharaoh's army behind us, and there's this thing up here called the Red Sea in front of us. God didn't care. Go forward. And guess what? When they went forward, the sea parted. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you got to hear, and you got to obey. Amen. And then the sea will part. Everybody wants the sea to part, and then they'll obey. Hallelujah. 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 I'm talking this morning about the living God. I'm talking this morning about the beginning and the end. I'm talking this morning about the king of the universe. I'm talking this morning about El Shaddai. I'm talking this morning about the almighty God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Put your faith in him. Do what he says, first of all, in his word, and then do what he says by his spirit, and you shall walk in victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, I realize <laughs> it can be a little intimidating to start. I realize. I get it. I do. Hallelujah. But I'm telling you, there's victory on the other side. Tell your neighbor there's victory on the other side. Tell the neighbor on the other side there's victory on the other side. So you have a part to play. You must receive, which is an action of expectation and anticipation. So you have a part to play. You must Receive, which is an action of expectation and an action of participation. Number four, tell it. Number four, tell it. Paul began to tell it. Acts 9, 20, at once he began to preach. At once he began to preach. At, and listen, because he was known as Saul, he had the credentials. He could go anywhere he wanted initially until they figured out what he was doing. And so at once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. 
All those who heard him were astonished and asked, Isn't he the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on this name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priests? Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Christ. After many days had gone by, the Jews conspired to kill him. Let me tell you what. Sue and I were watching the 2019 Holy Week revival, The Law of Faith, and uh, it was amazing. It's good stuff. But I'll tell you one thing. I mentioned that the days are short, and you know one way the days are short is all this murder going on. And I mentioned, I think it's in the fourth message, that when you read the book of Revelation, God's main beef with man is murder. So, Whoever's trying to kill folks is not on God's side. I said, whoever's trying to kill folks is not on God's side. So after many days had gone by, the Jews conspired to kill him. But Saul learned of their plan. Day and night, they kept close watch on the city gates in order to kill him. But his followers took him by night and lowered him in a basket through an opening in the wall. Thank God, thank God, thank God for great churches. I never cease to be amazed at people who wander off from great churches. I remember this story from Sunday school. I remember the graphic. I remember coloring the graphic of them letting Paul down through a hole in the wall. Thank God, thank God, thank God for great churches that actually teach children the word of God. Amen. When he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him. See, so Ananias Ananias had some courage that the disciples in Jerusalem lacked. When he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he was really a disciple. But Barnabas, isn't that a familiar name? But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul was on his journey, had seen the Lord, and that the Lord had spoken to him, and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly. Say it out loud, preached fearlessly preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. He talked and debated with the Grecian Jews, but they tried to kill him. I mean, murder, 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 you know, everywhere. Hallelujah. Well, pastor, how long are they going to get away with it? Not much longer, not much longer, not much longer. When the brothers learned of this, they took him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus. That's where he was born. Then, and that's in modern-day Turkey. Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace. It was strengthened and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It grew in numbers, living in the fear of the Lord. You see, this was a setback for the murder crowd. It took them a couple of chapters to get the murder machine going again. But this was a setback. And let me tell you what. Austin said it a couple of weeks ago, we are enjoying a time of peace here at Faith Christian Center, strengthened and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. We're growing in numbers, living in the fear of the Lord. But we have to understand that this is a window. It is an opportunity. We must work while it's day because the night is coming when no man can work. Can I get an amen? amen. So, so Paul told it and told it and told it and even when he was in prison in Philippi and then Rome, he told it and he told it and he told it 
and he told her right up until Nero had him beheaded in 64 AD. Now here at Faith Christian Center, we don't often deal with God's sovereignty because it comes up so rarely in the Bible. It did. It happened with Pharaoh. It happened with John the baptizer. And we have seen how it happened with Saul, later called Paul. That's just three times in the entirety of the Bible. There may be more, but those are the main three. And this is actually why Paul called himself the least of the apostles. He did not call himself the least of the apostles because he did the least work or because he did the least preaching or because he won the least to the Lord or because he performed the least miracles. He called himself least among the apostles because even though he would write half of the New Testament and even though he had the stature to rebuke the apostle Peter, he understood that he did not come to Christ willingly, but he literally was arrested on the road to Damascus. Why? Because no one among the 12 had the training or the mental horsepower to do what Paul was able to do, and that is connect all the dots from the Old Testament and lay out the finished work of Christ in the epistles. Only a student of Gamaliel could have done that. I know, I know people, you know, they, they criticize us sometimes because maybe we're a little polished, but I think education is a good thing. Now, I'm not saying all education, because obviously in my education, they never talked me into being a woman. So I'm not saying all education is a good thing, but I'm saying a good education, a right education, a proper education is a good thing. Because look how God was able to use Paul. Amen. Now, I'm not saying everybody needs to do that. We were, I was a little bit convicted. We had some work done when we were up in Missouri, this electrician. And uh, I mean, he's rough as a cob. I mean, he looked like, a, he looked like a, a biker. He didn't look like a preacher. But we found out that he works all day as an electrician and then he preaches every night in a tent. He spent his own money, bought a tent, pitched it on a two-lane highway in Arkansas, and he was showing us picture after picture of people being saved, people being baptized, people being healed, video after video of people telling their testimonies. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So when I go back, I'm going I'm to find out his name. I'm going to send him some money. Amen. Hallelujah, as rough as a cob. And because of his background, he told us his background, no organization would ordain him. Hallelujah. But he's out there working for Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I'm not saying we all have to do it exactly one way. And I'm open to anybody preaching Jesus anywhere, anytime. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And working for God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm just pointing out in the passages we're dealing with this morning that Paul was critical because of his education. And God needed him to connect all those dots from all those prophecies in the Old Testament and lay out the case for the finished work of Christ in the epistles. 
in giving his defense in Acts 22. Skipping over to Acts 22, Paul said in part in verse 3, Brothers and fathers, listen now to my defense. When they heard him speak in Aramaic, they became very quiet. Then Paul said, I am a Jew born in Tarsus of Cilicia, but brought up in this city under Gamaliel. I was thoroughly trained in the law of our fathers and was just as zealous for God as any of you are today. Later in Acts chapter 22, Paul tells his testimony of conversion and healing. Verse 12, a man named Ananias came to see me. He was a devout observer of the law and highly respected by all the Jews living there. He stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. At that very moment, I was able to see him. And as I said earlier, there has not been enough emphasis on this phrase, Brother Saul, receive your sight. Now, friends, I believe that in 2024, like the early church, God wants us to have a time of peace, a time of being strengthened and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, a time of growth as we live in the fear of the Lord. So my heart's desire for you is that you live a life of answered prayer. My heart's desire for you is that you live a life of miracles. You can write your own ticket with God by saying it, doing it, receiving it, and telling it. But then as God blesses you, and as God answers you, and as God prospers you, and as God heals you, and as God does mighty miracles in your life, do not keep it to yourself. Tell others. Tell others about the goodness of God. Tell others about the love of God. Tell others about the grace of God. Tell others about the healing power of God. Tell others about Jesus, that he lived for them and died for them, and that he paid the price for their sins, and that he is not in the grave, but that he is risen. He is alive. He still does miracles today. Tell others that Jesus still saves today. Tell others that Jesus still heals today. Tell others that Jesus still delivers today. Tell others that Jesus still blesses today. Tell others, tell others, tell others, tell others, tell others. Tell your neighbor, tell others. Tell the neighbor on the other side, tell others. And if we will do a better job of telling others, then many, many people will see, like Paul saw, the miracle wasn't really the healing of his eyes. The miracle was not that he saw with his eyes again. The miracle was that he saw who Jesus was. And that's the whole goal of that goal of everything. That by our testimony and by our telling it, that people can see who Jesus is. If we'll all do a better job of telling others, I believe in 2024 we'll, we'll have a time of peace and we'll be strengthened and encouraged by the Holy Spirit and we'll enjoy a time of great growth as we live in the fear of the Lord. Can I get an amen? amen. Hallelujah. 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 Let us not believe God for less. Let us believe God for more. Amen. In Jesus' holy name. Let's bow our heads. You might be here this morning and you've never... You've never become a Christian. You've never invited Jesus Christ into your heart. You've never asked Father God to forgive you of your sins in the name of Jesus. Jesus said in John chapter 3, you must be born again. He didn't say it was highly recommended. He said you must be born again. 
Revelation 3, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and fellowship with him and he with me. The work of it is done. The work of Jesus is done. The work of salvation, the work of deliverance, the work of healing, it's all done. We have to invite him in. How many this morning would say, Pastor, I've never done that. I've attended church, I've heard the word, but I've never personally invited Jesus Christ into my life to be my Lord and Savior, but I want to do so this morning and I want to be included in this prayer. If, the, if that's you this morning, wherever you are, lift a hand up, lift it up high enough to where I can see it. Pastor, that's me, pray for me. I want you to pray for me. There may be others here this morning, you're away from God, you're backslidden, you're not living for the Lord like you once did. You told God that you loved him and you meant it. You told God that you'd live for him and you meant it, but you've gone back. Instead of making forward progress, you've gone back to the old friends, the old habits, the old lifestyle. Well, the word says in 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How many this morning would say, Pastor, that's me. I'm away from God. I'm backslidden. But I don't want to remain in a backslidden condition, Pastor. Pray for me. I want to recommit my life to God. I want to live for him from this day to my last day. If that's you, wherever you are, lift a hand up. Lift it up high enough to where I can see it. We're going to pray. Anyone here this morning? For the sake of those watching online, let's pray the prayer together. Father God, in Jesus' name, I give you my life. Time's gone by. I've gone my own way. I've done my own thing. But I turn from that old way of living, and I give you my life. I believe in my heart, Father God, that you raised Jesus from the dead. I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. So I thank you, Father God, for not rejecting me, but for receiving me unto yourself and into your family. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you're watching online and you prayed that prayer as a prayer of commitment or recommitment, write to us at fccarlington.com salvation. And you can go there to that website and let us know about your decision for Christ. And we'd love to send you a copy of my book, God's Very Own Child. If you need a Bible, let us know you need a Bible. We have English Bibles, Spanish Bibles. We'd love to send you one to be a blessing to you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say it out loud. Thank you, Father God, for the privilege of working in your harvest fields because we see with our eyes the time is short. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.